Last time on Video Night. Give me a cheese, asshole. That's a dumb movie. Everybody says a poop. No, get back over here. Mega Wee. Where's my coffee? And now. Hello, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Do you feel sometimes dead inside and then rejuvenated and then brought back as Universal Soldier type ever? Every day I clock in, I die inside. The minute I clock out, I come back to life. <laughs> but like a Universal Soldier? <sighs> I know what you're doing here. Could you just not? No, it's not. You're setting up some sort of pun. I just know it. No, no. Unisol. Unisoldier. Like, I mean, do you ever feel like that? No, I wish I could. I wish I wish that I would go to sleep and wake up every morning, like, revived. And, no, it's more like the, the zombies. It's it's more Shaun of the Dead than Universal Soldier. Ah, uh, I see. See, I'm asking this, trying to be clever and cute about it and all. But, you know, yeah, we're talking about the Unisol movie. 25 years of the greatest movie franchise starring Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. That joke didn't work because I'm literally saying it's the best franchise starring both. <laughs> Not the Expendables. Yeah. So, lead the way, sir. Okay. Okay, I, I can't believe it's been 25 years of Universal Soldier. In 1990, TriStar Pictures and Carol Co. brought you Total Recall. In 1991, they brought you Terminator 2. This summer, it's Universal Soldier, the ultimate adventure of the future. Universal Soldier. And how things have changed in the film world since that original one came out. And I was obsessed with this movie. I watch it now, and I know that, yes... I have to give it some credit. It, it was a very uh, efficient, low-budget action film, considering how you know studio films were uh, at the time. I think it was well, twenty-five million dollars. I thought it was eighteen. That? I've read different reports. I think it's twenty-five. Okay, and you know Van Damme's gotten much better. So has Dolph Lundgren. At the, at the time, I think Dolph Lundgren is a much better actor than Van Damme was in '92. So I think his performance. I don't is know. I, I, look, I just rewatched this and. Van Damme is freaking funny. He's he's doing some comedy things in this movie. Yeah, but it's that weird that. dry humor. So you don't know if it's him or it's in the uh, the direction or the editing. You don't necessarily know if it's no. Him. It's I've him. seen no it's no him. I've seen him. It's him. Are you sure? Because I've seen him try to be funny. And I, it's horrible. Have you seen Knock Off? No no no. I'm he's really. It's actually him and the direction. Somehow they got it. There was a, like a really easy neat balance in this film where it's like in in a way Terminator ish, but like Terminator Two where like. He he doesn't know what's what yeah. and he's actually being really subtle and cute about it as opposed to being what you're talking about van damme being funny is not funny no no it's oh my god so it's it's this weird balance that it's it's dry humor in universal soldier can there be wet humor no one ever says this is it is there such thing as wet humor <laughs> Well, I don't know what wet humor would be. <laughs> not, not being obvious about it. Like, what would wet humor be? Uh, me, at all times. <laughs> Jim Carrey? Uh, maybe, yeah, that's... Well, that's called broad or lowbrow or whatever. Now, but. why is it dry? Seriously, why is it dry and then broad? A why dry wit. Somewhere in the universe, Steve, uh, Stephen Wright and Jim Carrey on the exact parallels, like this opposite of each other. Yeah. Huh. I thought you were going to say Stephen Fry, and that's true, too. You know, Universal Soldier, I didn't get to see this in the theaters. Did you? No, I didn't. I had a. F- I actually hadn't seen this one at all for many, many years. I just avoided it because of the whole stigmatism of Van Damme movies and like over machismo dumb stuff. I like Van Damme now, but back in the day, I was just rejecting all of that. I was full on in it. I kind of blame my father for that because he's the one who would get me into like 
American Ninja. You know, the canon filmography, period. I mean, that's where you get Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson, a little bit of Dolph, a little bit of Van Damme. Yeah. And uh, Michael Dudikoff. You know, those kind of movies were normal in my house. We would watch, uh, God, I don't even know how many times I've seen American Ninja 2 or Bloodsport. And I don't know why you would want to watch American Ninja 2 so many times. I still want to watch it. I still like American Ninja Oh, come on. It's so... I do. They're terrible. Okay, someone asked me about... They're not action action movies. No. Wait, what? It's just people flipping themselves. They're comic book movies. They're comic book movies before people were making comic book movies. I know, but it's people flipping themselves kind of stunts. It's not even like any kind of believable stunt work. They're just like springboards. Oh, yeah. It's 18. It's 18 action. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't know this at the time. You know, uh, and now I just... Just watch it. I watch it as kind of like a popcorn film, just kind of like, this is shit. This is complete crap. I love it. Well, at the same time as those movies were a thing, Jackie Chan was doing his thing, which is so much like pre-parkour awesomeness, simultaneous. And America gets this really dumb, non-interesting choreography. I don't know whatever. It's, it's what the Chuck else Norris rule. Chuck Norris was a very meat and potatoes guy. Even in his action sequences, just straightforward, no fanciness. Is it more technical? Maybe. It's not the, of the fantastic. What would you even call those two different fight styles? There's technical and then there's like, you know, like the Jet Li, Jackie Chan, the Chinese style where it was more cinematic. Well, that was actually Peking Opera. Right, right okay. That's yeah. where they came from. They rose up through the Peking Opera. Uh, Yun Wu Ping, Yun Bao, Samo Hung, all of those are Peking opera so there's this uh to be read from afar in a crowd you have to do these movements that can be really visible and that's part of that acrobatic style would you say the very first time i actually saw jackie chan was the big brawl or some people call it like rumble okay yeah, 81 19 or R- no, rumble no, 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 in the no, bronx no. yeah no, big brawl. In the 20s and i'm shocked that people didn't get into that i can see why they didn't get into the protector the protector is like a dirty hairy movie with kung fu it's not very good and seen the big bra i wonder why people didn't embrace that and they're still like full on into chuck norris style action films and then you go it's to probably what that it was set in the 20s really maybe but that's, that's why i didn't like that movie oh it's just yeah, the I setting the I, I i quite enjoy it it's nowhere nearly as good as like his 90s movies but do you think that jackie chan and jet lee are responsible for the end of van damme and seagal or was it coming anyway because seagal and van damme started taking vanity projects that screwed up their career oh wait what vanity project did van damme do the quest Okay. Yeah, he had enough clout to pick his own pro. You're right, 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 right. Which is, do you know what he turned down? That one. Do you know what he turned down to do the quest? No. What? Race for the Sun. I think it was Racing for the Sun. It was a Joss Whedon script about a scientist whose brain is put inside of a convict's head, uh, someone who's on death row, and he escapes. And that's all I really know about it. But I remember they were talking about it heavily during the spring of 95. That was going to be his next project. Then he bailed, and uh, they said, hey, you can write and direct and produce and star in this movie, The Quest, even though it's like a uh, uh, regurgitation of Bloodsport. And he's like, uh, yeah, feed my ego. You know, and, and Seagal screwed up with On Deadly Ground, which he wrote, produced, directed, and starred in. And you can see those are no Seagal screwed up by being Seagal and he did the same dumb story over and that's over that's true but and he became more and more a parody of himself even though he was a joke in the first place but you can see Van the Dam- box office starts to peak around that time 94 96 and all of a sudden just crashes and burns the minute Jackie Chan seemed to show up in Rumble in the Bronx even though it wasn't a big yeah. hit I think it was like 28 million that was a sign that things were changing they wanted a different style yeah, of oh, definitely. martial arts well stateside even with these universal soldier movies we hadn't seen action like the jackie chan kinetic or, or jet lee kinetic styles of action they're not necessarily the same 
game, but I put them together because of the opera. Yeah. But and the only way the to see kind that, of action that is the only way to see those movies were like to live in big cities where they had like uh, video stores that had an Asian section, and you know people mm. in middle America still hadn't witnessed this. So like in the late eighties, early nineties, I think oh, it's right, and then they go, had to wait for cable. Right. So the Universal Soldier, the first one, has a more brutal, straightforward approach to action. It's not chop sake even though there might be some kicking stuff i actually do quite like the first movie i've heard some that that it's sort of analogous to t2 same company Coralco. uh-huh but hmm, that it's a big chase that i don't know they're emotionless people that are doing robotic fighting basically they're kind of like robot people i don't know I, they're I, not robots that's the weirdest that's the weirdest thing about this is they're more zombies than they are robots and they get yeah, rejuvenated they move so much like robots they get damaged and then rejuvenated it was a lot more hands-on scientific approach in the first scientific loosely in the first Unisol movie than the others. And so, do you feel that this is the most cinematic of the Oh world? hell yeah. So Roland Emmerich, he had done some other stuff. He had done a German science fiction movie, and he did Moon 44, and then this. They wanted some other director. That guy was too expensive, so they gave it to Roland Emmerich, and Roland Emmerich wanted to rewrite the script with Dean Devlin, his producing partner, and they did so, and they made what eventually is the Universal Soldier Project. And I don't think I ever saw the beginning of the movie until very recently, where they're in Vietnam. Why there's a tension between Dolph Lundgren and Van Damme in the first place. Why are these two... Oh, so you uh, never knew. No, so why, why are these two... <laughs> first off, they're not American. They're foreign. <laughs> they're way foreign. <laughs> at best, at best, you could say uh, French-Canadian or maybe New Orleans. Yeah, that's... NOLA is what they give them. They give them Louisiana. And Dolph is obviously a Scandinavian dude. <laughs> or Nordic or whatever. So, like, when they're speaking, too, Dolph hadn't mastered his English yet to the point of Dark Angel. Perfect. Dark Angel. I come in peace. Well, Dark Angel was before this, though. Was it really? Yeah, it's uh, fall of 90, whereas Universal Soldier summer of 92. Oh, jeez. I don't know what he did then, because he slipped back to being almost monosyllabic. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. it. It's funny how he's able to ditch. Watch his movies now, you can barely tell he has any accent whatsoever. He's not like he has a head cold. Whereas Van Damme, you know, he's had decades to get better. <laughs> it's just this exact same. Nah, French, French, you, get, you keep that accent. French is difficult, man. So there's these two guys are fighting and because the boss soldier is chopping off people's ears and killing them. It's that whole Vietnam trope. It was in Platoon. It was in Casualties of War, where the leader goes crazy, ends up killing a bunch of innocent people. And so Van Damme takes him out. So that's the beginning of the tension. The rest of it is, oh, oh, they get killed, and they're put on ice. They're revived in the early 90s as part of the Unisol project, and then that's like brain-dead puppet people, zombies, robot people. God, I would, I would totally see a movie called Brain-Dead Puppet People and Zombies. <laughs> You would. I know you would. I would. If I saw this on Netflix, like, hmm, hold on a second. And then there'll be a sequel like Brain Dead, Puppet People, Zombie Monsters versus Zombie Strippers. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, actually, I hate the verses. Starring uh, Robert yeah, ever England. Ever since Jason versus Freddy. Yeah, Robert England and uh, Bill Mosley. No, oh, no. A cameo of uh, Kane Hodder. No, this is like not. This is like my cinema nightmare. Not for me. Yeah. But this movie keeps going, and it's just, it's just basically a road trip. We sh- we could have had this as a road trip movie, honestly. We could have definitely. 
I didn't know this, so I didn't suggest this. But yeah, so there's this uh, reporter chick that is doing her sneaky investigative reporting, and this is where whatever I've ever read about Unisol was this. She's really annoying. I actually like her. For the first half of the movie, she was really annoying. And I tend to, to agree with that, that the first half of the movie in particular, she's very shrill, reactionary. She doesn't quite understand that he's a dead guy, emotionless, almost has no soul. So she's kind of yelling at him as if he's, you know, a monster, but like in that whole, how could you, you creep kind of response, even though he's just like Schwarzenegger's Terminator type, uh, I don't know. I don't know what my response should be. So those scenes with her freaking out like that are supposed to be funny, but when she calms down, that's when things get better. Like when he wants to get the tracker out of his leg, that scene's pretty funny. She's calmed down, but her face does a lot of the reacting yeah, yeah. as opposed to her voice. She's not yelling anymore. She feels around his body. That's pretty funny where she grabs his crotch. It's like, <laughs> it's not there. And she's like, okay, yeah, everything's working. And then he's like, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a comedy beat. And he's not being a creep here. No, because he hasn't gained that uh, mental capacity yet. It, it slowly, as the movie grows, he starts remembering stuff and he starts to become more human. There, he's just kind of like a... It's almost like an, a robot or an alien movie, you know, where they have no idea of what yeah. are norms or what's right and what's wrong. In a way, it's like he's Starman, right? How Starman yes. responded to a lot of stuff. He's just not as childlike. He's just, like, subtle about things. This is where the humor comes in, I think. But the action, it's not as brutal as later entries, but it's pretty brutal. What's the guy's name? Andrew Scott, the bad guy? Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, his switch is flipped to his old memory, so he keeps killing everybody. Doesn't matter who they are. He, he thinks he's back in Nam, except there's no Vietnamese people around, ever. And it doesn't matter, he just kills people indiscriminately just to get to Luke Devereaux, which is our Van Damme character. Eventually, they make it back to Van Damme's parents' place where there's a big showdown. The meat grinder! Okay. So gross. <laughs> I just keep thinking about that at the end. <laughs> he kicks his ass into that thing. What's that thing called? Thresher? Yeah. One of Dolph Lundgren's soldiers is Tiny Zeus Lister. Mm -hmm. Somehow we've never mentioned this. Uh, he's never come up in a movie before. I don't understand how a person can have two nicknames. Wait, what? His name is Tiny Lister from all I've known. What are you talking about? Two nicknames. Tiny Zeus Lister. Look it up. For the first half of his career, he was listed as that. Especially like around the time that he launched with, uh, what's the, what's the boxing? No, not the boxing, like the wrestling fighting movie with the uh, no holds barred no holds barred he actually his listing says tiny zeus lister like the zeus is in parentheses as if the tiny wasn't what is his <laughs> real name what is tiny zeus lister's real name i think it's even tiny zeus lister jr so is there a tiny zeus lister senior that means his father is uh, what well, you can't be two zeus's though maybe zeus is only tiny's name but what if his name his father's name was that so zeus is already the father so it should have been like tiny thor lister well what you're talking about is his name is tommy so tommy and tommy, he's an enormous dude but he appeared as zeus in no holds barred and so he used that name for promotion he also appeared as z gangsta in wcw so you know if you're gonna change anything don't change your first name tommy's fine change your last name lister that does not sound like an action hero name no nah, it's uh, lister the blister <laughs> no. i'm the grossest i'm the grossest wrestler of all uh, time yeah, maybe <laughs> but i think lister is fine but but yeah tiny i think it's just just that whole thing he's he's an enormous guy so call him the opposite now, you were saying uh, 99 is the next sequel, but technically only in its... I don't know. This, this franchise is frustrating. No, because it's not technically. No, films. what they did is they did the Robocop thing where they licensed out the name 
and the ideas and some of the characters in name only to Canadian TV. So they made TV movies, Canada Street to Video, TV movies, Universal Soldier 2 and 3, and they don't really follow the first movie that well either. But No, they're pretty terrible. I tried watching one of them. It's so dull. This is after Caracol went bankrupt and they started selling off all the franchises. Like, you know, Total Recall went to that TV series in Canada. Actually, I wonder if one Canadian company bought all of this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But Robocop had that same thing where it was like these awful... They had really cool suits because they had the Robocop suit, the actual Robocop suit. They made a matte black version. Really cool Robocop suits and other actors wear I'm not Peter Weller or Robert John Burke. The Canadian films are awful. They're atrocious. It's like the, the Robocop TV show where they're bad. So that's what these Universal Soldier movies were. And I think they were released over here on Showtime. They were. Okay. Uh, they have, the, what, is it the Movie Channel? Is that Canadian or is that was that American for a while? Movie and, Channel and they is sold and turned into sister, stars. It's a sister channel to Showtime. Okay, yeah. It was, it was one of those. Yeah, so I don't count those. Who's got Gary Busey Nobody. and Burt Reynolds? <laughs> Nobody counts those at all. If you count those, you're wrong. So Luke Devereaux is back in 1999. The time of man has ended. Prepare for the Battle. The Unisols are taking over! Between the original Universal Soldier, there used to be one of them, and a new breed of fighting machines. Ah! Hand to hand. Ah! Dangerous. Head to head. You're right. The winner controls the future. You know you can't win. Jean Claude Van Damme. This is not your lucky day. Universal Soldier, the return. But he's actually just a human guy who knows how to kick and punch very well. He's still strong, like he had been as a dead robot dude. But now he's alive, and he has a 10-year-old daughter or something, for some reason. And Yeah, they kill off Ali Walker's character, which, to me, was a, a, already a step in the wrong direction. Because they replace her with just a younger lady, who's also a reporter. What are the chances that she's also shrill? <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to say this about this first Universal Studios tour. You go on, not necessarily the tour but you go to universal studios in the early 90s and they would have these stunt shows and it would be this sort of amphitheater that looked over kind of a lake a small pond lake and it would have platforms of buildings and whatever and then they would have right this is where they had water world right yeah they did the, the water world was one of those stunt shows i saw an a-team stunt show before so they would have like jet skis and stuff like this this whole intro is all that it's exactly that but it takes a lot longer because they have a longer stretch of water to do but it's van damme and can i tell you how excited i was when this was announced like really excited this is when i was full on into van damme world i had seen double team like 80 times we went and saw knockoff saw maximum risk i've seen more movies by one actor and it was all van damme than any other actor in the theaters uh that includes Polly shore <laughs> no i have seen uh hard target uh time Time Cop, Street Fighter, Maximum Risk, Double Team, Knock Off, and uh, Universal Soldier 2. That's seven. I was talking about the stunts, but first, this movie starts off and it's it's got two introductions. One is a slow camera moving around technology thing, and then you see a guy standing from behind with his arms out. That is Michael Jai White, and then the camera shuts off, says Universal Soldier The Return, and then it uh, comes up with this Universal Studios stunt team doing its thing. And it, her name is Kiana Tom. She is his training partner they're going through a training exercise with a bunch of unisols basically 
they are the rabbit and the unisols are the, the hunting dogs they're going after them to apprehend them and if they get them they win that exercise or something good job but they use actual violence they shoot them with live ammunition they shoot they stab they cut because once you get the unisol back into the lab they can just put them under this uh, uv light or something and then they'll heal but you have goldberg bill goldberg as romeo and he apprehends maggie kiana tom at the beginning and it looks like he's about to rape her yeah that's i hate that part like he's he's super creepy Why would a, a zombie want to do that also they're not very zombie like no they have personalities at least goldberg does yeah i was gonna say his, no one his, else seems to his yeah goldberg is very creepy and <laughs> like that like he's Romeo. i gotta tell you his scenes are there simply for comic relief he's such a big dummy and he's running and bashing through walls and smashing his head into everything he jumps out of the window and luke drives the truck away from where the guy can land and goldberg is like oh shit (laughs) i hate that guy yeah so he's like they're only for comic relief and usually those jokes land but this movie is too fun whereas the first movie was pretty fun but had a serious tone but also looked like a big action movie from the early 90s like cool camera lens work this movie doesn't right. have well any... mick rogers is the director of the sequel and mick rogers is not a director he designs action sequences and here's the weird thing is this movie cost uh 22 million dollars and you would think there'd be more special effects that the director would have some crazy action sequences usually when a stunt director or a sci-fi guy comes in he blows you away with what he knows it may not be well directed but it should have some crazy action sequences and the whole movie's really dull and disappointing it does feel like an episode of A-Team and you're just like nothing there's no wow factor I'm shocked that this didn't go to direct a video and I'm shocked that it cost 22 million dollars I was gonna say something similar like this seems like a straight to video kind of very bland TV direction there's only one part that is the face-off between Michael Jai White as the robot Seth. See, the body at the beginning was Michael Jai White, but later, through an interaction with the computer and Devereaux's child, we see this computer and it's voiced by Michael Jai White. His name is Seth, and he wants desperately to have a human body. So he takes this super awesome-looking buff dead dude and he puts his brain into that body and that's michael jai white i guess so either because he's a computer he is like the matrix he knows all karate or kung fu or michael jai white's dead body character has residual memory of kung fu because during this whole fight scene he's very matrix fighting like neo slow moving hand work stopping every punch that Devereaux tries to land on him that sequence the camera's moving around that sequence and that's the only sequence that looks like yeah i feel like it was directed by I feel like someone else came in and directed that. Like, the studio saw this, like, oh, crap, this movie's pretty mediocre. We got a summer release date. We got to get somebody in here to fix this. Like, like they hired a whole different team to film it and design it. Yeah, maybe so. Like, they had just seen, what, Matrix came out in March that year, and this came out at the end of August. I, I That's what I'm thinking, is that someone had seen The Matrix, and Don Davis does the score, so that's one connection to The Matrix, and I feel like that last action sequence was like, okay, Matrix is everything right now. We need to film this. We'll sell it in the trailer, you know, and, and, and that's what they could do at the last minute yeah maybe so can i say real something uh michael j white yeah i think is the only martial artist that i know that has been trained at juilliard and it's, it's shocking that he's barely got anything in the mainstream he's really amazing oh black sport. dynamite dude. but he's actually a pretty yeah he's a pretty decent actor i like him black he's dynamite with, is uh, the michael... best thing that he's ever done 
And it's not because it's a parody yeah, of anything, but because it's, it doesn't even need to be a parody of anything. It, it's, it's shocking that that didn't take him other places. Like, right after that, he went straight to doing direct-to-video stuff again. He's in a movie with Alec Baldwin called uh, Thick Thieves, where he doesn't do any martial arts, no action whatsoever. He's just, like, this really funny gangster. And his comic timing is phenomenal, and both movies should have got him something better. But at best, I think he's shown up in a couple of Tyler Perry movies, and that's it. Hmm. He was in Kill Bill, but the whole bloody affair, he wasn't in the... American release of it. He has an extended... I forgot. He is in Dark Knight. Oh, right. Yeah. He's... Yeah, he doesn't do anything in The Dark Knight. He's just one of the, the gangster leaders, too. Yeah, here's a problem with part two compared to part one. Mm-hmm. Part one was meant for everybody. It seemed like it was a, a low-budget kind of affair, but trying to be better. That's why a lot of the, the sci-fi and horror movies of the 80s and early 90s were, were trying to have at least special moments or a certain catch you know, point where like people like, remember that. Yeah. Like, as bad as Crawl is, everybody remembers the glaive. You know, there's nothing in part two that sticks out at all. It feels like it's so mid- okay l- let's say this universal soldier one is like a, a borough of new york maybe not the best borough of new york but it's part of something bigger it wants to be a, a big deal part two is indiana <laughs> middle of the road dull bland just trying to like well we got a little bit of wrestling we got a little bit of megadeth we got a little bit of simple one-liners that everybody can catch hey don't try too hard hey it, it, we're just like a, the major league of uh, robot movies so what does that make three A rogue militia threatening to blow up Chernobyl has armed themselves with the next generation Universal Soldier. You were very good today. The mission is simple. Gentlemen, we'll be fighting against the perfect soldier. The battle. We're going in. Impossible. Complete evac. Pull them out. Our only hope is to start him up again. I'm going back. I'm going to fight. But standing in his way, not one, but two. I've been over this all before. This time, Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky and Dolph Lundgren again take on Jean-Claude Van Damme in the final showdown. Universal Soldier Regeneration. Regeneration. Three it's like uh, east, like some eastern is block. Is Seattle? No, part three is the Seattle. The dark, depressing, brutal. Just get through the day. But it's a little weird. So, so what is the third one then? The third one's a gothic horror. It's like the Hammer film of the franchise. Wait. Okay. Come on. Don't say that. What? You have to explain yourself if you're gonna say that. I think that uh, John Hyams took the franchise and decided to make it this Frankenstein film. Instead of sci-fi, he went more towards like this mild horror. I mean, the way it's filmed, the way the character's completely broken down. Th- this pissed me off though. Three ignores part two by, you know, because Van Damme is almost completely human in the second one. There's nothing special about him. He can't be revived. He's well, really they, good... they mentioned that he's still strong, that he can still take on a regular Unisol. Yeah, but he's getting older. He's got the gray hair on the temples. But that he's yeah. absolutely got his memories back. And, and then three erases alive. all of it. It's as if they didn't tell us that at some point they decided to kidnap him. There's no mention of his daughter. There's no mention of the relationship. I hate it when they ditch a girl every single movie. It's the James Bond factor. Yeah. It, when there's no That's continuation, true. there's no weight. You know, it does. None of it matters. Like the way the Lethal Weapon series, like every single one adds the fan, the Fast and Furious adds to the the series instead of taking away. Like a, a back to square one, back to square one, over and over and over. And I do like the MMA style fighting. I did at the time, at least. Now I'm sick of it. I want it to go back to the operatic. You know, I, I want 
want more Jackie Chan unless, oh, I don't know, just I'm trying to think of a movie franchise that's MMA oriented, but I don't, the really blunt, brutal is interesting for a little while, but I feel kind of terrible after watching it because it's so brutal. Well, because of it's all serious. There's no yeah, fun. There's no wow factor. It's just hammer, hammer, hammer down. And it's an exercise in brutality. So Regeneration has an MMA fighter as a brand new Unisol prototype where Devereaux is just like a one-man task force Unisol. And then they bring back Andrew Scott except it's a clone of Andrew Scott. So Why? Why bring him back? That makes no sense to me. Why not just revive a new soldier? It's just He's still psycho yeah. too it's a dumbass idea so i mean he's not collecting ears this time the first movie he was collecting ears this third movie he's not collecting ears he's just psycho and haywire okay, <sighs> you know what i think is wrong with almost every action movie made in the last mm, decade especially the low budget directed video ones don't know is that they're not directed towards you know like everybody these movies seem like they're trying to get everybody you know try to be bigger than they were the action movies now seem to be aimed at a very particular audience and it seems to be russian men yeah. I know that's strange to say, but I made friends, I can't remember who I made friends with, but for a brief moment, I was friends with this guy who we were commenting on action movies, and I was looking on his page, and he's Russian, and everything on his page was all this stuff, like from really, really brutal action movies, like Undisputed, where everybody's like super macho, you know, Dolph Lundgren and, and Van Damme stuff, and not the old stuff, I'm talking the new stuff, where it's just like this relentless, like everybody's covered in blood, ripping each other's throats out, you know, breaking their necks, it's horrifying mm. and it's like the super extreme macho it's like the eastern european of like nazis and uh, white supremacists to me interesting you know over there's been war torn it's still recuperating so there's a lot of attitude that way there's some horror movies that reflect that really brutal supposedly allegory type horror stuff that i can't even go near and i like horror movies because uh i don't need to see that at all and the, the action what you're talking about seems to be informed by that kind of uh reactionary um machismo brutality yeah it's not about defeating your enemy it's about destroying yeah, it's your all enemy. fine and good if you have a, a story that really you care about i check out scott atkins movies because he's a really good stuntman he's not necessarily a good actor but definitely a, a solid stuntman he, he's had his moments but it's hard i think it's hard he's not sure, as bad as a lot sure, of but he's brilliant at his action and he, he, i don't think he's yeah he's never really he's never gonna break through to the mainstream but he's i good check out he some does. of the movies that he has simply to see if the story is gonna hold up and they hardly ever do which brings us actually to unisol four day of reckoning you've been comatose for the past nine months this is agent gorman with the fbi you remember the incident your wife and daughter didn't survive the attack call me jean-claude van damme scott atkins and dolph lundgren <laughs> Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. After Andrew Scott gets a pipe shoved through his head and a shotgun shoved through that pipe and his brain's blown out, so he's dead. Devereaux goes and becomes a cult leader of Unisols to rehabilitate not really rehabilitate but rehabilitate universal soldiers they they basically become without white supremacy like an alt-right group like an idealized machismo version of what alt-right males think a dude should be you know super beefy buff right they all hang out with each other and go to whorehouses and that's it except Devereaux is now a a cult leader who That's is like, trying to get them all together to lead them 
against the government somehow. This movie's confusing. Yeah, it's like a weird robot, cyborg, zombie bike gang. Yeah, kind of. So then you have this, the story is from not his perspective, he's the end game. He's the bad guy. Uh, and Andrew Scott is back, I guess, another clone. I don't know. Of Andrew Scott. <laughs> because these movies always forget the last movie. Each movie ignores the last movie. And definitely ignores I the first movie. I hate it when franchises do this. It drives me nuts. Well, I feel like there's another major franchise that are constantly... Oh, Highlander. Highlanders are constantly ditching and starting again. Yeah, yeah. So, Which is funny because we did that a year ago right. for Franchise Frenzy. And this is our, <laughs> our entry on yeah, Franchise oh, Frenzy. Oh, we're just going to talk crap about everything that we kind of almost like but don't. Ha <laughs> I like that phrase. Kind of almost like but don't. There's a sequence in this movie that gave me a migraine. And you know which one it is, right? Uh, There's a lot of sequences in this movie. We have to actually describe this because this was the one of the things that I was going to put in the relentless action but then i watched it again and i realized that at the time it seemed relentless but it wasn't it's just brutal as all hell yes it's it's grim beyond grim i tried watching it with my parents because they liked the original and they didn't mind the second one but that fourth one oh my god i was like i am so sorry i kept apologizing <laughs> well not only does it have the the brutal violence but it also has quite explicit sex scenes in the whorehouse where andrew scott is hanging out he's not having sex with anybody but he's hanging out and then this rogue unisol goes in trying to kill everybody all the other unisols and succeeds a lot actually and then andrew scott fights him but in between that guy's coitus interruptus <laughs> the unisol movie <laughs> Unisol, coitus interruptus just constantly stopping dudes from having sex with their chicks and then killing everybody but our hero is actually scott atkins they tried to do some sort of memento back and forth with the editing. Yeah. Well, is it, it, you remember when I was asking last week about a movie that had a similar theme to Apocalypse Now and I could not pin down what the hell it was? I think I'm thinking of this movie that it had kind of... Um, yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. Van Damme is now Marlon Brando. Yeah, Van Damme is... Yeah, Van Damme is the crazy heart of darkness guy. Maybe this is what you're thinking. I think I'm pretty sure it was. But the whole idea was to get Scott in with the rogue Unisol group so that he could take him down. And then to kill Scott, Scott Atkins, I'm talking mm -hmm. about, so that they could like cover it up because this is all a bad government program and we need to kill it. Which actually is the only theme that's other than revived robot zombie dudes. That's the only theme that carries over from the first. You movie. know what should have carried over from the first movie? What I actually like in the first movie, the doctors, the scientists that are part of the program. Yeah, I actually found them interesting, and in that we don't have that point of view in any other movie except for a bare minimum part two it really hurts the film because you only get like the brutal side you don't get the logical or the emotional side so the first movie is really solid all the way through and it feels and looks great the second movie is just daffy dumb yeah it's just bland and bland yeah, yeah. and then the third one is where you just it's just getting dark it's dark and the fourth one is where it's the, the blackest pitch it's horrible they kill his wife and child in front of him then they blast him in the head but he wakes up alive somehow and he goes on this uh killing spree trying to find luke Devereaux, and he fights him now luke Devereaux here though i gotta tell you what this movie does great luke Devereaux is one of the scariest van damme characters or i guess characters of his sort 
He's way scarier than Apocalypse Now guy to me in this. His head. You're saying you're saying that Brando wasn't scary. Van Damme's yeah. bald now, and his head is painted white, except to right beneath his nose, it's black. It's the weirdest face paint, and it's imposing. Yeah, it's strange, and it's disturbing. It's he's really disturbing and scary in this movie. You know, he did three roles right around the same time where he was a villain, and they're all really good. Oh, uh, yeah. he's excellent as the villain in Expendables 2, even though the movie's a serious mess. Yeah. But he's great. That's the reason why I uh, like that movie, is because of Van Damme. Did you see Enemies Closer? Yeah. Now, the movie... Not is, very good. It's I, all the, kind the of, same director. Yeah, and I was like... Well, Peter this time. John designed the sequences, I think. Oh. But I, I, I was annoyed by the fact that every single person knows the same exact fighting style. I thought that was stupid. But Van Damme is like a little like gone mentally. He's a little crazy, and I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and here he's like the dark side of crazy, not the fun side. He's actually scary. Yeah. He's actually horror movie scary. So, yeah. Yeah, he's not chewing the scenery. He's like, um, I don't want to say a monolith, but you know, he there's something very distant about it, which means there's no emotion whatsoever. There's no reasoning. He's almost like you know, like a Jason and Michael Myers kind of character. Yeah, but just but even worse, off. even scarier because he has eyes. He has a face. He's not hidden. He's just got that weird paint on. But Andrew Scott here, he's taken out at a at a point before this big. He's like a mid boss, and his whole right. role. He's like a he's bobo. a cheerleader for Luke Devereaux. <laughs> he's a recruitment cheerleader leader he gets all the boys riled up he turned the curse into a blessing he is the inspiration he's the light that set us free we grow stronger digging deeper into the outside world unnoticed we live among them like ghosts biding our time waiting for the moment when our oppressors shall be forced to kneel before us and pay for he's like the foreman it's very strange it's kind of like a he has one major two major fight scenes and other than that he's a cameo that's Dolph Lundgren and Van Damme is also kind of a cameo they have him cut into the film periodically just to give a sense of menace and uh, foreboding that you're gonna meet him eventually and when you do man does it pay off however getting there that's a slog, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i shocked that this movie was not only released in theaters, but it was given universal praise. I did, that wasn't a pun. That wasn't a pun. <laughs> but it didn't, Hey, I praised yeah, it. Yeah, and I watched it. Back and I then, was like, I praised it. What it got, like something like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I watched it, and I was like, uh, what? Is it because... Your first time you, you said what? Yeah, I didn't what? care for it the first time. I thought I had a couple of decent action sequences, but that was it. And I kept thinking, I think they only praised this because the previous ones were so terrible that it's surprised everybody. I think you might be right. I think you might be yeah, right. Yeah, because I've seen... The- but that's not why I praised it. I praised it because of the action sequences and the story was so different than anything else that they had attempted. That is true. I give them... It uh, took me by surprise. I give them credit for making that, but it's almost unwatchable because it's so insanely dark. But there's an audience for that. Yeah, well, that's it now. I I agree with you absolutely now. Like, so the second time I watched it, I was just like, no. Yeah. No. Okay, so if you look at... No, like, this, is, this thing hurts. The second one I saw in the theater with one of my closest friends, you know, the nice guy, not exactly the brightest. His tastes were always very low end. And I kept saying, this isn't a very good movie, but he's having fun and i'm kind of having fun at how bad this is yeah and then the fourth one i was like do i need to start drinking i feel like this is the only way to deal with this film (laughs) oh no yeah i I didn't feel that bad about it but oh man so it goes like 
The best of them goes one, four, and then it's a toss up between two and three. I'm gonna go one, three, four. No, one, three, two, four. You're gonna say four is because it's so dark? Yeah, it, I, I'm never gonna watch it again. <laughs> never. I've seen this, uh, the third one. I've seen the third one twice. I've seen the second one maybe 10 times because it's just one of those popcorn. Oh, you're nuts. Well, it, I have it in a Van Damme pack. I got it for like four bucks. <laughs> so it's just kind of, eh, it's on. Let's just throw it in. Yeah, so the first one is really the only thing that you need. I think if they would reboot the franchise, they should, uh, it's almost like they did with the movie the guest yeah in a way the guest is far superior to all four of those put together (laughs) (laughs) you're right you are correct Uh, we don't work for anybody we don't get paid by anybody but i'm going to say this there is a six pack collection from Lionsgate for like 14.99 that comes with replicants universal soldier total recall Ender's Game, Highlander, and Stargate. That's a hell of a bargain for $14.99. Hmm, wow. I liked some of those at some point in my life. Yeah, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. I don't know about <laughs> that point right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's it. That's where we are. Universal Soldier, make of it what you will. I don't have as much, uh, you know, Highlander. We had a yeah. hell of a time making fun of that thing. This one, it just gets too dark and bleak to even be. I think it's funny how we always say we're going to do short anymore. episodes. We've never done a short episode. We've never done anything under a half hour. <laughs> I mean, even the blob we talked about for an hour, but that was worth <laughs> well, it. Hey. That was worth every single moment. Because uh, the blob is perfect. Um, so our next episode, I wanted to do near, another franchise frenzy. But we have something we've been putting off for a while, and I think it's perfect time to talk about it. It's our uh, movies where they fight the uh, white supremacist, alt-right kind of Nazi. It's Video Night versus Nazis. Stay tuned. Until next time. Good night, everybody. Brain dead puppet people, zombies. The robot. meat grinder. <laughs> it's like my cinema nightmare. But it's got Gary Busey and Burt Reynolds. <laughs>